Hi, Eloise here. So this week for the podcast, we have a recording with terri talking about what breakthrough is. So hope you enjoy that. And if you've got any questions or ideas about what you would like us to talk about in upcoming podcasts, please send us a message. We would love to hear from you. Info at doseoftruthtarot, all one word, dot com. So info at doseoftruthtarot.com. And we would love to hear from you. Okay, have a great day and enjoy as I leave it with Terry Ann. Take care. Bye. Hello, my name is Terry Ann Nikitas. I'm Senior Instructor of Breakthrough under the umbrella of the International Body Tax System. I'm often asked, what is breakthrough? And as I've gone through all of my travails, learning breakthrough, learning about myself, learning the truth of what is true and what is not true, my definitions have changed over the years. So I'm gonna work with you in the moment on the place I am right now. And what I've come to is an understanding maybe not even an understanding, a simple awareness that the contents of my mind is not a commentary on myself. That's a direct quote from Esther Velton. It took many years to understand that, to understand that my mind and everything therein is not about me. It has nothing to do with me. But in as much as we think it is about ourselves, we remain in conflict. And the reason that we continue to remain in conflict is that we want to be identified with something. Most spiritual seekers say they're seeking the I am and beingness or isness. But all the while we are identified as the seeker or identified as the one who has a problem. Once we realize there is no problem, that the mind is always doing exactly what the mind does. It's constantly talking. Some of us may pay more attention to the mind. Some of us may pay less attention to the mind. Sometimes, We don't pay attention at all and everything runs along peacefully. One of the exercises I do is sit with a tree. And I don't identify anything in the tree, not its leaves, not its trunk, nor the idea of it flowering or bearing fruit. And I feel one with the tree or one with everything. But the moment the mind comes in and is catalyzed, there's a separation. And that separation, that very separation, begins the conflict. I must do something. I am my actions. I am my thoughts. I am my body. I am my money. I am my work. I am my family. I am my children. 
once all of this separation comes in, we have conflict. And yet, what's that conflict based on? Basically, we're looking at or hearing or thinking a multitude of assumptions about ourselves and life. So if my child triggers me because they haven't done their homework, I may begin to think about the future. I may begin to think they're not gonna be successful and my conflict starts. And then I have conflict with the child. And then in my conflict with the child, I have conflict with myself, my behavior and my actions. We begin to think we are our behavior and our actions, but we are not. This is the exploration that we go through in Breakthrough. We explore the very sense that we are our actions when we are not. We explore the beliefs associated with those actions, our blame of others, our victimization of ourselves, and we see what is not true. Just seeing it is enough to create the magic. The central nervous system changes. The myelin sheath communicates that everything that we have perceived in whatever breakthrough we've done or seven steps process, it's called. We begin to see those are not real or true about ourselves or anyone else or life. This induces or results in a sort of freedom, a sort of letting go, a sort of acceptance. Though those words are not even adequate for the magic that occurs once we see exactly what the commentary of our mind has been creating. Our conflicts, our blame, and our victimization. We then find out that there is an identity associated with those very beliefs. That identity is the one we got as children. That very moment when you see a child contract, where you remember that contraction within yourself, and that wounding begins, and we believe we are or are not something that actually is not true about. How do we explore this? Well, one of the things that we've done throughout our lives is assumed. And those assumptions are an indication of a lazy mind. If you think of an eight-year-old and how clear they are, they make simple deductions readily. They ask clear and precise questions, and yet they're not answered. There's been a discouragement towards answering or asking questions. Simple. I remember I was on an airplane, and I'm quite chubby, and I couldn't get the seat built on, and I'm struggling to get it on. 
And all of a sudden I hear this tiny voice from across the aisle. And I see the child next to me. He's about eight years old. And he looks at me and he says, you know, your seatbelt doesn't go on because you're fat. And right away, I thought, look how quickly he made that deduction. He figured that out so fast. Yet, if somebody was triggered by that commentary, if someone had been catalyzed and thought it was rude, thought it was mean, what would have happened? That child would have been shut down. And I thought of myself as a child and asking questions and how often they were shut down. In Breakthrough, we explore questioning. We learn again how to question, how to question clearly, how to question honestly. That means questioning with no assumptions whatsoever. The proper use of our intellect it's a God-given right. We've been given that from the universe or whatever you want to call it. We're born with it. Just because it was discouraged doesn't mean we can't go back there and remember what it's like to ask questions. And once we do, we as leaders, those who lead a breakthrough steps process are called leaders. And those who are on the receiving end of a breakthrough process is a blamer. Whether you're seated in the blamer's position or the leader, you are experiencing the proper use of your intellect, what it was designed for, to investigate, to inquire, not to assume, and not to believe the commentary of the mind. I often imagine the commentary of my mind as poop, simply poop. And when I attach to it, when I divide it up, I just create more poop. When did this come in? I don't know. I may never figure that out. But at least I can question myself to know whether it's true or not. And once I do, once I am questioned, or I can support someone else by questioning. And I can reveal the identity I've been holding since I was a child. And once that identity is seen, it is freed. We often refer to the identity as the wound. I like to see it as a trauma. That moment of identification. We often think, oh, but my identity who I am, what nationality I am, what, um, what I think is good or bad in me. We often think we need that. No, we don't. That actually harms us. It's the core culprit of what our conflicts are all about. And once that wounds, as we all know, sunlight is the best disinfectant, once that wound, that trauma comes to the surface and is brought to the light, it is healed. I hope that you'll join me on this journey. I always have a few tears when I think of those identities that held me back 
and likely some that continue to hold me back, to tell me how life should or shouldn't be, to dictate my life. Once freed, a whole new adventure opens up. So often I'm told by students that everyone should do this work. Yes, I agree. Everyone should do this work. This is your work. Esther has brought a gift to all of us to explore our conflicts and gently come to the place of compassion. Compassion for ourselves and everyone else. I hope you join me and Caroline Davy or Caroline Linton as well on this breakthrough journey. Thank you.